it's just wild. Like some people have gained like a hundred thousand followers and I know following isn't everything, but it's really cool to see that many people care about learning more about sustainability before our total, like all of our following combined was 4 million and now it's over 5 million. So we've jumped like a million followers combined in like less than a year. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Today we're chatting with Sabrina Parr, who is a content creator and founder of Sabrina's Sustainable Life with over 250,000 followers on all of her platforms. Her content is focused on sustainable and eco-friendly living, which we're going to touch on a little bit. But what today's episode is mostly about is eco-talk. If you're not familiar with EcoTalk, it is a collective of creators, activists, and educators who share ways to take care of the planet and hold industries accountable. When I learned of EcoTalk, I thought it was incredible to see a group come together, and I wanted to know the story of how it came to be, whether or not they saw a greater impact when they worked together. So with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into today's episode. Hey, Sabrina. Welcome to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. Okay, so you know the drill. We start with our favorite things. I have two this week. Okay, so the first one is my fiancé is just, I don't know. He's just a great man. I don't know. But he was on a work trip, and I've been talking about wanting a walking pad for like probably over a year now. And he's been like, you don't need that. You don't need that. And then next thing I know, like he's on this work trip and a walking pad shows up at our front door because I guess he found like a good deal on one or something. I don't know. So that is one of my favorites. I've been like walking like three to five miles every day. Wow. It's pretty intense. That's awesome. Yeah. I have one too. I need to use it (laughs) more than I do, (laughs) but that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, the weather here in the summer is just absolutely brutal. It's like, it was like over a hundred degrees for like two to three months. It's just now better weather. So it was like those months, it was like, I want to go outside and I want to move my body and like work out, but it's just so miserable Mm -hmm. that it's like, I don't even want to leave the house. It's just awful. So hopefully the walking pad will be like more of of a motivator. Uh, And then the other one that I had is pumpkin spice, which is just, you know, it's the season. I did see a TikTok and it said it was only 10 days or 10 Mondays. Got to specify on that. 10 Mondays until Christmas. And I was like, I can't believe it's that close, number one. And then number two, I love like fall, like Thanksgiving. Like I'm definitely like a September through November girly. I love Christmas too, but like the fall is more like my speed. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad because then like pumpkin spice goes away and then the pumpkins end up going into like people's compost and, you know, moves into all the Christmassy stuff, which I love that too, but makes me a little sad. So favorite, my second favorite of the week is pumpkin spice because I'm just embracing it while I have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm definitely more fall than winter. Like even the scents and stuff. Like I love like the sugar cookie, but I'm not a big like peppermint person. So I don't like the the winter drinks as much or like candles. So I totally relate. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite of this week, it was like one of the TikTok trends that I did where it was like the thrifted ghost painting trend. So yeah. technically I did it last week. But um, so for people who don't know, you like go to a thrift store and you find a picture and you basically paint on top of it and make it like Halloween or spooky. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. It was just something to do. And I think it can be 
you know, sustainable as long as you keep the photo or keep the picture and, you know, put it up following years. I think too, like a lot of the paintings in thrift stores are very like out to date. A lot of people probably aren't going to buy them. I'm sure many of them end up in the trash. So I think it's been a cool trend that people who aren't even in sustainability are doing. Hopefully they keep them, but I posted mine. I didn't think our paintings were like the best, but been getting some interesting love and hate on the, the video comments because it randomly got like a million views on Instagram, which is shocking because ours were not as good as many people's, but it was just a fun thing to do. So I definitely want to do it again. I love that. That's actually on my list of things that I want to do. I just haven't had the time to like go source a painting. Yeah. But I did see someone on someone on socials, probably Instagram, probably TikTok, who knows, one of them. And they did a white marker over top of the glass on one of their like mm. paintings they already had to where you could just like erase it after oh, a month cool. or so. So you're kind of like reusing what you have. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. I love that. Okay. So for everybody out there, today's topic Uh, Sabrina is very interesting. She's got an interesting story. So not only does she do content creation full-time, but she's also a part of a bigger group called EcoTalk. So we're going to be talking about how that got started and then just like the power of groups and her opinion on what that journey has looked like and kind of what that future looks like. And so that's kind of the little spiel of today's episode. So Sabrina, for everybody who doesn't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself and then your journey with sustainability? Yeah. So hi, I'm Sabrina. I'm a full-time content creator under the account Sabrina Sustainable Life. And I got started during the pandemic. I feel like that happened for a lot of people, but I've always loved social media and being creative. And I just obviously had more time and was home during the pandemic. So that's really when I started posting um, on TikTok. And at the time, there wasn't a ton of other environmental uh, content creators. So I feel like my account picked up pretty fast. And it was kind of interesting too, because I was just getting into sustainability when I made the account. Like I was not an expert by any means, but I just found it really interesting and wanted to like document what I was learning and what I was doing. So a lot of people kind of just followed along in that journey. But yeah, I, I found a lot of my friends fairly quickly because like I said, there weren't many environmentalists on TikTok and how the algorithm works. It's very easy to find people that have a similar interest as you or a similar niche. So that kind of led into meeting everybody and then uh, formalizing EcoTalk, which is um, a collective of 21 other environmentalists and also content creators who are really using social media as an avenue for good. And um, yeah, we we have a group page and we also do a lot of our own work um, that's similar, but a lot of us focus on just promoting like climate communication, sustainability, um, optimism. So that's like a little brief overview of me and EcoTalk. I love it. I like that you said that you weren't like an expert when you started posting on your personal pages because I feel like so many times people assume someone posting this stuff is just like automatically like the best of the best Mm -hmm. and that they're not learning. And I think it's cool that it's a journey that you go on and there's always more to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's what holds a lot of people back into 
creating content is they feel they have to be like perfect at something before they start start talking about it. And I guess I've never really been that way. But even with like gardening, I feel like I'm not that good of a gardener. I don't know a ton, but like half of my pages become gardening. And I think a lot of people think I know more than I probably do. But <laughs> I've also just, I mean, I always share like I am a beginner gardener. Um, but I think that makes people feel maybe more empowered to like try things because it's like when you look at like gardening or learning, I don't know, something like sewing it, it looks, it, it's hard to learn. It takes a long time. So I think it can be like encouraging to see people doing it and they're not an expert and that's, it takes a long time to become really good at something. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, oh, there's somebody who like did research on this and it's like 10,000 hours to be like mm-hmm. a true expert mm-hmm. on something. And yeah, I, I do feel like that does stop a lot of people from talking about certain topics. It could not, you know, not even really be sustainability focused, mm-hmm. but, you know, could be anything. And it stops people because there's this kind of perfectionistic tendency that people want to have when they put things on social media. So I love that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I agree. So there's EcoTalk and then there's also your personal content creation journey. Yes. You touched on it a little bit, but could you explain like how or like what made you interested in wanting to start posting content for people to see on your personal pages? Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to remember. I think my journey started more with like from the animal standpoint, like I've always, um, really cared about animals. And then I went into like plant-based eating more for like the ethical reasons. And I think that kind of opened my journey of like overall sustainability and climate change. Like I was not a person that I never even took like an environmental science class. So I I didn't really know much about it at all. And I think I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I want to share, you know, this with people. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. I think I've always been um, interested in just sharing my knowledge, educating people, motivating people to want to make change. So I think that's overall what inspired me. But yeah, it definitely started from like an animal standpoint. It's something I still care about a lot. I just for some reason don't talk about it as much. It can be hard to like talk about veganism on the internet. There's a lot of strong feelings. But yeah, that's that's pretty much where it started. Just really wanting to make a positive impact. And, you know, I feel like just getting one person to compost, like that's a that's a big deal. I mean, composting is very important. Food waste is a huge issue. And just inspiring one person to do that, I think it's, you know, pretty cool. And I started following a lot of the like bigger sustainability content creators and they taught me so much. I kind of wanted to be the same for others. Cool. I think that's a, it's, it's an awesome journey to be able to discover that and learn along the way. And obviously you're still doing it. So yeah, it's been rewarding. Definitely. And you mentioned that you met a lot of the creators that are within EcoTalk through this journey. How did you really get in contact with some of these people? Yeah, we honestly, so one of the original um, EcoTalk founders, his name's Alex. He kind of like roped everyone together and put us in a group chat on Instagram, which is so funny. But we just, our idea at the time in 2020 on TikTok, like Hype House was really popular and like those different houses. 
And we were mm-hmm. like, how cool would it be to start like an environmental house or like a greenhouse? So that was kind of the inspo behind it. So we wanted to be like the environmentalists of TikTok. And we started the group chat. And then I think people just kind of like gradually were like, oh, I know this person and I know this person and random people just got like added in. I think to start, there was maybe like 10 of us. Um, And then we had a phone call one day to try to come up with a name. And honestly, it was like super casual. I never thought it would really turn into much more than just like a, a fun thing to do. I don't exactly remember who came up with the name EcoTalk, but a lot of us liked it. And it kind of just started from there. And that was in, I believe, 2020 as well. It might have been 2021. And yeah, a, a lot of the core people have like are still around. Then we've grown to 21 people now. So um, it's been really great to see our growth and the things we've accomplished as such a small organization. So we are like a formalized organization and a lot of it is very like volunteer based. So it's really cool to see how far we've come and the different opportunities and things we've gotten to do. And also just like making a bigger impact and yeah, hopefully making a difference. And a lot of our audience is young and Gen Z. So we really want to empower them to make changes in their everyday lives and also, you know, fight for larger systemic changes as well. Yeah, I, that's fascinating. So you met all of these people basically on the internet. It's not like they yeah. were like your next door neighbor or anything like that. Yeah, we all met on the internet. We're all across the US, Canada. We have one person in Europe now. And it is funny. Yeah, we knew each other, I think almost a year. So yeah, I think we did start in 2020. And then we knew each other over a year before some of us met in person, Um, and which is wild. But It's funny because a lot of them have become like some of my best friends. We talk almost every day. So it's, it's wild that, yeah, these people that you met online, it goes against everything. Our parents, you know, taught us growing up, don't talk to strangers (laughs) online, but, um, have just become such a like vital part of my life. And yeah, it's been such an interesting thing, um, to go through, but uh, there's so many great people in EcoTalk. They're all really passionate about what they're doing. Uh, Everyone in the group has like different niches. I guess that's also a part I didn't talk about too much, but there are so many sectors of sustainability and climate education that it's really hard for one person to cover it all. Like I do a lot of sustainability focused content, but I can't really speak about like the ocean in depth, like coral bleaching. Like I know what it is, but I'm not like an expert on it. So the idea of EcoTalk was kind of to be like a one-stop shop for anyone interested in any part of the environment, and there'll be someone who is an expert on that. So we have like all different niches, um, you know, all different places around the world where people are from and different things they go through. So it's it gives you like a wider perspective too because, um, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I don't necessarily know what's happening in, I don't know like the South all the time. So it's, it's nice to like have each other to like ask what's going on in other parts of the world. And they've educated me on so many things I didn't know about as well. So it's, they, they have been all a great resource. It definitely sounds like it. Okay. So this all started basically from a group chat and then mm-hmm. you formed this collective and named it Eco Talk. And mm-hmm. what, what happened after that? Were you 
trying to get sponsors? Was it just focused on education? Like what was that journey like once you decided, okay, there's something here. We want to be this one-stop shop for people to learn about the environment and ways that they can help? Yeah. So we were just posting on our EcoTalk Collective TikTok. Just, it was very like casual. People would just kind of post when they wanted to. Um, and what really like, I guess, formalized us or made us realize like it could be something more is I think, so we started in like June of 2020. And then I think of like July or August, Ted from like Ted Talks reached out to us and we're like, Hey, we like love what you're doing. I think at this point we maybe had like 40 or 50,000 followers. Um, and they're like, we love what you're doing. We would love for you to promote our Ted countdown summit that we have coming up. And that kind of was like, Oh, people are noticing us and paying attention. I guess I just didn't assume that would happen. Um, so that's when we like officially formalize as like a business, but that was kind of the Kickstarter for us. And I'm very grateful for Ted. They were a great partner. And, um, so the first year their conference was virtual and the next year it was in Scotland, which I got to go along with a couple other EcoTalk members to promote and just attend in general. But I think because of that first initial partnership, it really like kicked off some of the other partnerships we've made and just kind of made us a more like known organization, I guess. Yeah. So it, it honestly, I feel like it's moved like really fast and it's sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, we have accomplished so much. Like you kind of forget everything you've done. But like from there, like one of our members, Zara, gave a TED talk on like climate optimism and using social media. So yeah, it really just created a great partnership and kicked off, you know, our careers, I guess. I think that's incredible. I love that it started just from a group chat and then ended up being able to promote TED in Scotland. <laughs> right? It's it it was really mind-blowing and yeah, I just never expected it to happen. I kind of just thought it would be like a fun hobby that we would just have as like a friend group and it evolved. And then I think too, it's even evolved a lot more since 2020 and 2021 as, you know, the pandemic weaned down and people weren't just like working from home. We have really like expanded into other things like doing more workshops and panels, doing more events. Like we hosted that, uh, eco happy hour and concert that you were at um, and doing more like mutual aid events. So we're really trying to expand like what we do as well and go beyond social media, which I think is really cool. And I think we're stronger as a collective and stronger together. And I think as a community, it's, it's online community, but then we're also able to get together in person too, I think is really important. Um, I think you're just able to accomplish a a lot more when you're not alone So that's been like a really great part of it as well. I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you that as well. If you found that being in a bigger group of creators that you have more of an impact and you have more opportunity versus doing your own personal social media channels. Yeah, I think so. I think being a part of the group is really, really beneficial. I think, you know, as a creator, we all go through our own struggles. And I think a lot of people probably can't relate to them unless they do this as a job you know, it can be really hard. Sometimes you're criticized a lot. You're putting yourself out there. So it's definitely a great emotional support because 
everyone in the group can understand. And then I think for opportunities as well, like we're very open to sharing like uh, different resources, like, hey, there's this grant going on, things I would have never probably heard of unless they didn't tell me. So I think um, we're very, you know, we want to uplift everybody and make sure we all succeed um, in the space. Because I think a lot of people in EcoTalk are youth, a lot of um, people of color, it can be really hard to succeed. So we really just want to make sure we're uplifting everybody and make sh- making sure um, everyone has a platform and is able to use their voice. I think that's amazing, really, that it's become this sort of emotional support group as well. I do feel like, and it's been said on the podcast before, that anybody in our space, like a win is a win. You know, it doesn't matter whose video goes viral, but if it's a, a video that is promoting climate optimism and like changing your behaviors to have a bigger impact on the planet and also like mental and physical health, which is essentially, you know, the podcast title. I think when you compare that to a traditional influencer or traditional content creator, I think there's a bit more of that competitive edge. Like you want something over other people, but I do feel like in this space and just the people I've met, it's, it hasn't really felt like that at all. It's very much so encouraging and very much so a win is a win. It doesn't matter who, who gets it, but it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like I get just as excited for my friends in the space if their video is doing well or my video. I feel like sometimes I even get more excited if it's their video or with EcoTalk. I'll like keep track of um, everyone's following and reach just because it's helpful in like pitching situations. And literally just the other day I updated it from May of this year. And it was wild to see how much people's followings had grown and it, it's it's just wild. Like some people have gained like a hundred thousand followers and I know following isn't everything, but it's really cool to see that many people care about learning more about sustainability. Yeah, it was really, so before our total, like all of our following combined was 4 million and now it's over 5 million. So we've jumped like a million followers combined in like less than a year. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. And I hope that the movement continues and people continue to care. I think, I think it will. Cause I think more people are seeing all the like crazy things going on in the world, unfortunately, and it's making more people curious and want to learn why these things are happening. And I think too, there is so much misinformation out there. And I think all of us, are like really good about combating that and trying to spread only factual information. So that's also why I love not even just ego talk, but like the environmental space as a whole. I think we're, you know, all very passionate about that. Yeah. Yes. So you mentioned you were updating kind of everybody's reach and and this is how you learned about, you know, the increase of practically a million followers collectively. When you say that you're pitching, I'm assuming this is related. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that you're moving from like the online space into more like physical spaces, like the panels, the workshops and things like that. What has that experience been like moving from online to in person? Yeah. For, I guess the pitching, it's a, a mix of things. Like a lot of our focus right now is trying to get grants, which is very hard, but you know, I'm not a grant writer and I'm learning a lot, but we're really focused on trying to get some just 
grants to support our organization so we can do more of the in-person stuff because online, you know, it's pretty easy. We can all do it from home on our phones. There's not a lot of overhead. But to do an event like last year when we went to South by Southwest, it's pretty expensive to, you know, cover people's accommodations and travel. That's been, I love the in-person um, stuff for sure. And I, we want to do more of it. It's just a lot more resources, time and energy to do those things. So pretty much to do them, it either requires us to have like funders or grants to help us. And it can definitely be a challenge because I feel like to, you know, the economy is not the best right now. So yeah, that's kind of been our shift. We still do a lot online as well. Um, but I know a lot of our members really want to do more of the speaking and workshops and panels. I think while social media can be super gratifying, I think there's maybe a bit more gratification doing things in person, um, and seeing like the impact right in front of you rather than just like, oh, it got this many likes or views. It's a bit more rewarding, I would say, sometimes to do things in person for sure. I imagine so because a number is a number versus actually seeing somebody's like physical presence is just a different experience. Do you have any thoughts on kind of what the future of EcoTalk looks like? Um, Sort of, yeah. I think just overall like continuing with the like media hub idea and I would love to like see some of our members you know, end up on like a TV show or I'd really just want to help people like reach their goals and dreams. I will say I love to like call myself like the Chris Jenner of the group. Like I don't necessarily yeah. want to like be in the spotlight, but I like to see other people in the group like achieve their goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. Like for myself, I really like being a content creator and I don't know, maybe one day I'll evolve from it. But right now I'm like, I'm totally good. I mean, I just quit my job to do it. So I would hope that that's what I want to do. But, um, you know, but other people have been a content creator for a long time and they're ready to like do more, I guess. So I really just want to just help people reach their goals and dreams. And I think to Part of Ecotalk's big mission is to give people who necessarily don't have a platform a platform. So, you know, a lot of our creators have a smaller following, but they have great things to say and they know a lot. And so that was always like one of our initial goals, too, was to really uplift the smaller creators. And, you know, algorithms can be very like racist. A lot of people of color don't get the same amount of views or attention, even if they have amazing content. So that was always one of our, you know, goals and missions was to make sure the people who are often like most impacted by climate change are the ones who being able to like share their stories and speak on it. So I want to keep growing that as well, making sure a collective is diverse and has people from all different walks of life. So yeah, just hoping to continue to, yeah, give those people a platform and yeah, just spreading like good information and climate optimism. I love it. I love it so much. It truly feels like it's it has proven, like you've got the social proof behind it. I've been watching too much Shark Tank and they always talk about social proof. <laughs> but people like this and it's working and it is uplifting those voices. Yeah. 
So for anybody listening, would you recommend if they have an interest in forming something like this, do you think it's beneficial? Would you recommend it to someone? Yeah, I think I definitely think it's worth, you know, finding a community and a group. Yeah, it can be very lonely, you know, in the climate space too. Like I know in my personal life, I love my friends and family, but not many of them really care about um, sustainability and climate change. Like some of them are aware of it, but it's not something we're going to like talk about on the regular. So I think it is important to like find people who have the same values and um, care about the same things as you because I feel like it can be easy to like give up when things are hard. Like, oh, you know, I'm just one person. This isn't really making a difference. This doesn't matter. We're all going to die. When people say, you know, we're all going to die anyways, but I think the group will always like hold, make me feel grounded and remind me of why we're all doing this. Um, yeah, I think it's super valuable to, yeah, like find, find your, your group, your squad and yeah, just try to work together. I think, like I said, I think it's not a competition and people are really stronger together and able to make a larger impact. I think community is super important. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it definitely sounds like it that without having eco talk that it, just things would be different. It wouldn't have been able to, I guess, go to like TED, for example, yeah. bringing that one back, you know, that there's definitely a power in having a group of people who all have like the collective same goal in mind, but maybe have different strengths within that goal. Yeah, totally. Yep. Cool. Well, anything else on EcoTalk that you feel like is important to share for anybody listening? Definitely check us out. We have a lot of great creators. Um, Hopefully we'll be putting on more events and things in the future. So yeah, stay tuned for sure. We have a newsletter. It's on our website that goes out like once a month and um, talks about things we've accomplished, what we're up to, what we're working on. So if you want to stay up to date, definitely subscribe on our website. Cool. What's your website for anybody listening? It's just ecotalkcollective.com. Okay, perfect. I will put that in the show notes for anybody interested. And to finish us off, what is the biggest thing that you have learned in your sustainability journey? I would say, I guess just you're never going to be perfect. You're I feel like too, I'll post anything online and people are always going to have a criticism, but you're never going to be perfect. It's really important to just do your best and not get, you know, super down on yourself. If you know, you're not hundred percent perfect. We're all just humans trying to do our best. And I think it's really important to remember that. So yeah, that's, that's my advice is just really do the best that you can, but don't, drive yourself crazy. <laughs> Cause I think we've all been there is trying to be perfect environmentalists and it really does not exist. So perfect advice. Please share where people can find you. So you mentioned EcoTalk is ecotalkcollective.com, but where can we find you? Yeah. So, um, all my accounts are Sabrina sustainable life and then my website, Sabrina sustainable life.com. So you will be able to find me there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Anything else you want to sign off with? No, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course.
We have made it to good climate news. Today's episode is called Superfood-Based Beanless Coffee Could Slash Emissions and Water Use by 94%. So for those of you guys that don't know, all my coffee lovers out there, and yes, I am a part of this group too, but coffee is causing deforestation at an alarming rate in so many areas around the world. And now there's been some development and there's like the like a beanless brew that could potentially be the solution to still have coffee without actually contributing to deforestation. Very interesting article. You should definitely check it out. I'm going to link that in the show notes. As always, if you would like to follow, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Mind Body Planet Podcast. You can follow me at Crystalline Geyer on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. This was edited by my girl, Zoe Willett. If you've made it this far, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Definitely don't forget to leave a review if you have not rated it already. Even if you hate this podcast, maybe just like rate it five stars, but then put what you don't like about it in in the in the little area where you can like text, you know, where you can like put the messaging, but like give it five stars. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not kidding, actually. If you guys are still here after all of this mumbo jumbo that I say at the end of every episode, we also have a newsletter that goes out once a month. It's every like the first of the month, every month. Sometimes I don't know, like this month I guess low key forgot about it. So I sent it out not on the first of the month, but I'm a one-woman show over here, minus Zoe, who's the editor of this podcast. Anyways, okay, I'm really rambling here, but we have a newsletter, so feel free to join that. That'll be in the show notes, and we also have a free greenwashing guide that you can download as well for anybody who wants to know how to spot greenwashing outside of, you know, me telling you that something is greenwashing. With all that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I will see you guys next week. Bye.